and welcome to another edition of the Seafood News Podcast Program. I am Erner Berry and SeafoodNews.com editor Michael Ramsing. We're coming to you from Tom's River, New Jersey. It's still cold and cloudy here. It doesn't really quite feel like spring here in, in New Jersey, even though we're oh, almost halfway through, through May. It's, it's kind of unbelievable. We have Memorial Day just two weeks away, and I can tell you there's plenty of pollen everywhere. But it's just that really strange, cold, but sunny, but rainy kind of semi-spring weather. It's, it's, it's weird. So it, it, hopefully things will, will begin to turn around as we get closer to the Memorial Day weekend. Uh, this is also our, our special Mother's Day podcast program. So happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Uh, and a special happy Mother's Day to my own mother. Hi, Mom. I uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, so we have a lot of news for you since we spoke to you the last time. Uh, there's been several company developments that we want to touch on. There was a, a major political announcement that came through that will have some significant impact for the seafood industry. And there's also been quite a bit of market activity that we want to touch on, all powered by our Nerberry's Comtel. So We'll, we'll dive right in. The, the first story that we have for you today is the announcement that Highlander Foods uh, has gone ahead and acquired all the assets to Rubicon Resources. They are a vertically integrated shrimp importer that are headquartered in, in Culver City, California, but they also operate over 11 shrimp and seafood processing facilities in Southeast Asia. They do have operations in Thailand, and they are a shrimp processor and producer and they do a lot of private label products for retail retailers here in the U- U.S. So Highliner has gone ahead and purchased all of the assets to this operation for $107 million. Last year, Rubicon posted annual sales of about $234 million. Highliner's president and CEO, Keith Decker, he said that the acquisition will be good for Highliner to uh, diversify their sales, grow their sales, and kind of crack more into the North American shrimp market, or, or you know, by selling more shrimp in the North American market, he noted some growth there, and and that's what Highliner plans to do with with this purchase. So, uh, we'll you know report more as more developments come through. Uh, in some other company news. Bumblebee Foods, they pled guilty to uh, canned tuna price fixing uh, to the Department of Justice. Uh, at part of the deal, they will they will pay a $25 million criminal fine. This is really just the latest development in this event, into this investigation that the big three canned tuna brands here in the United States colluded to fix prices in the, in the U.S. market between 2011 and 2012. For Bumblebee, this is really the latest development. This is the latest deal that they've made with the Department of Justice. So we'll recall in December that two company executives for Bumblebee pled guilty to their roles in the scheme. There was an executive vice president of sales that pled guilty. And then there was also a senior vice president of trade marketing that had pled guilty to the conspiracy. In all of this, uh, no other named conspirators have come into the public eye yet in the u.s market the other two of the big three cantuna brands are starkist and chicken of the sea but no other names have been have been mentioned as these court proceedings have gone on as this investigation has gone on with the department of justice so we'll see what happens as we go forward into the year but for now what we have is a guilty plea by bumblebee the last announcement that we have outside of the market news that we'll get into uh, is confirmation that chris oliver 
He is the current executive director of the North Pacific Fisheries Management Council. It is confirmed that he's been offered and that he's accepted the position um, of assistant administrator for the National Marine Fisheries Service. Uh, he would tentatively start on Monday, June 19th of this year. We do want to really point out, though, that this is pending White House approval and the vetting process, and this is not a final decision. However, we came to this news after rumors within the industry started floating around that that the White House or that the Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross was back going to pick Chris. Uh, we've reported on Seafood News previously that Chris was a front runner for this position. He had obtained a lot of industry support from not just the Alaskan industry, but national industry associations. Most recently, seven groups in the Gulf of Mexico region. They all endorse Oliver. And really, this is a good selection, in our view, for the seafood industry as a whole, because Chris has a lot of experience and he will be able to guide the agency through uh, budgetary restrictions and, and other issues that are currently you know, pending the, the industry in the United States. So we'll wait and see how the vetting process goes. It could take a few weeks, but for right now, all intents and purposes, we, we see that Chris will, will likely assume the role as assistant administrator here for NIMS. So we will now transition to a few market stories that we have here. Of, of course, all of these are available by heading over to Ernerberry's Comtel and seafoodnews.com. The first that we wanted to mention, kind of in the in the spirit of Mother's Day, uh, is the impact that slow lobster landings out of the Gulf of St. Lawrence are, are having on prices right now in the build-up to the weekend. Traditionally, Mother's Day it signifies the peak uh, lobster sales day in Atlantic Canada, and right now prices are, are very high. And this has pushed up competition for product at the docks. And what we're seeing here, dealers are saying that this fierce competition is, is really being held between the processing plant buyers and the live dealers. Uh, what we have, the other issue that we're seeing here is is that the lack of supply and the very strong live demand is going to impact meat and tail markets later this summer. Uh, unlike last year, there's no inventory of tails, especially larger size tails. Uh, and there's also a lot of demand for meat uh, in New England that picks up in the summer, uh, you know, for lobster rolls and things like that. And right now, processors, uh, no processor can buy at these prices to pack the meat. So what we're looking at here is a situation where the price of American tails is recovered, but the depressed tail price last year was really the result of large inventories that went into the last spring. But this isn't the case this year. So the market is likely to be much more responsive to raw material costs. So this story, you can read more about it. It certainly is an in-depth, and there's a lot of moving parts to this to this particular market here right now. So I encourage you guys to go over to seafoodnews.com and read our full analysis written by John Sackton. Uh, it's a very fascinating read and insight into the, into the lobster market there. Another story that we broke this week was a an unexpected surge in scalp landings in March, and its immediate impact on auction prices falling fast and hard and then those two things have combined to really bring down the wholesale market here in the first week of may landings in out of the atlantic for scallops in march were at 3.75 million pounds now just to kind of put that number into perspective that's more than double last march and 51 percent higher from the five-year average for that month it's it's a very very high number 
And what this has done is at the auction houses, it's really resulted in, in those prices plummeting. And then the wholesale markets have reacted and, and those prices are now down $1.50 for 10 to 20 IQF scallops. So it, it's, it's a really fascinating market to follow just in the first week of May. And we'll continue to monitor supplies. We're going to get another NIMS report on April landings sometime soon. And we'll know a little bit more about how you know that that all go. Uh, we are hearing from harvesters that there's a lot of biomass in the open areas and, and pounds per day or higher. So very, very interesting dynamics there going on in the scallop market. We have one more, one more analysis here for you today. And that is a report from the 9th China International Shrimp Industry Development Forum that was held during the Asia Pacific Aquaculture Expo in mid-April. And what we have for you here is a report from several notable representatives from, from a lot of the world's major shrimp producing regions. For example, in India, uh, the growth of shrimp production was reportedly up 46%. That was what was told to attendees at the forum. This has made India the world's largest shrimp producer in the recent years. Uh, this has also prompted Indian producers to step up domestic seed production, which is now expected to reach about 51 billion shrimp seed by the end of this year. You'll know by listening to this program, we've been covering India very, very heavily. It's an important supplying country for the U.S. shrimp supply. In the first quarter of the year, India accounted for 27% of the imported shrimp volume to the U.S. market. They are massive. So it's important to note how India is going to maintain their production levels as they are a key supplier here to the U.S. market. In some other shrimp news from around the world, Ecuadorian shrimp production has tripled in the last six years. That is according to Jose Camposano. He is the president of Ecuador's Chamber of National Aquaculture. And what we're seeing here, though, is where while Ecuador has been producing a lot of shrimp, uh, those exports have not all been coming to the U.S. market. Rather, it's been a different dynamic. They produce a head-on shrimp that the Chinese market prefers, and there you have a surge in Chinese imports of Ecuadorian product that has cut into the U.S. market share. That This is also something we've talked about, and this was again confirmed at the forum. Uh, we also had another separate report that said that Ecuador expects to sell 50% of its white shrimp production to the Chinese market this year. Uh, again, more evidence of, of these things cutting into the, the share for, for U.S. buyers of Ecuadorian product. And finally, China. Where does China fit in all this? Well, they fit into it as the world's largest shrimp importer by the end of 2017. That is what is expected. That was what was said at this forum, and that is what is expected by the end of this year. Uh, their domestic uh, consumption continues to outpace their 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 production. And what we have here is China will now, not in addition to, to Ecuador, they will now go and seek more shrimp from other supplying nations, India, Vietnam, and other suppliers. So U.S. buyers can expect to see some heavy competition from China as we go along this year for shrimp. And that will do it for our Seafood News Roundup show for this week. We had a great time covering the industry this past week. There was a lot of going on. And, you know, please, this is only a sample of what we have that is, that is available on Underberry's Comtel and on SeafoodNews.com. It really is just a taste. So we encourage you guys to all go over to UBComtel.com or SeafoodNews.com and start reading and digesting our analysis and our reports. I like to think of Comtel as a tool. Uh, it's, it's the industry's best tool to get your market intelligence from. Okay, a hockey player doesn't go play hockey without a stick. A carpenter doesn't go to work without his hammer and nails. 
a shrimp trader, a seafood trader in this U.S. market should not be doing business without Comtel. It's really that simple. So please go over to shop.underberry.com or give us a call at 732-240-5330. Sign up for a free trial and, and test it out. Give it a spin, okay? It's, it's wonderful. You have market quotations that are updated Tuesdays and Thursdays. You have daily news, analysis, commentary. It's all there. Okay, interactive charting tools. Did I also say that Ernerberry's Comptel has the largest historical database of street seafood market quotations in the business? Okay, well, it does. So do yourself a favor, do your business a favor, and get Comptel. Your boss will thank you, your bottom line will thank you, uh, and, and you'll thank you, okay? So again, that's shop.ernerberry.com, 732-240-5330. Call us up, ask us about a trial, or just sign up. You won't be disappointed. Uh, we'll be back here next week. Uh, we want to wish all of the mothers out there, again, happy Mother's Day. Go eat some seafood, support the industry, or go eat anything. Uh, and uh, we will see you guys all back here uh, at the end of the week. Thanks. Thanks.